0: Hour number one of the get right, for Reggie KG on 1053. The fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. What up? Chris and Ross holding down for you. You're turning on, leave it on station. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckrate.com text line 877 881 1053. 877 881 1053. If you want to get in on the conversation, we're with you for the next four hours here on this Friday night. Friday the 13th, I heard. Y'all okay? You good? Reggie, good on Friday the 13th? Why would I not be good? I'm just asking, just asking, just make sure. Lucius is looking like, man, let me get these 3D glasses right here. Hey, 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 those aren't 3D. Gla- why you keep calling? They them look 3D like glasses? 3D glasses. They look like it, okay? For the what's this? The um, the look. You got me all. No, I, I'm I'm interested. What is it? What's the? Eclipse? No, I keep trying. Don't give up. Don't quit. Fire. That's right. Oh, that's a great Johnny Cash song. Ring of fire, ring of fire. That's a great song, actually. Um, See you. Can, <coughs> it's you a can, Friday, buddy. I'm feeling the, it right the now. The shenanigans that we are going to be on for the next four hours here tonight uh, at Calgary Sports at RedZoneTool. If you want to get at us on Twitter, coming up here uh, in 19 minutes. Aisha Morrison of DallasCowboys. Live in studio with us. And to pull back the curtain, she's already here. She's actually already here, but she's like doing this feverish prep to get ready for you know her segment. Which so I never
3: know why she does this. She feels like we're like something to prepare for when in all reality she has so much it makes us feel Cowboys information.
0: Of, like she's preparing to come on our show. And it's it's so unnecessary. And she's so much better than we are. We just happen to be occupying the space right now until she takes over the world, that kind of thing. Uh, then at eight o'clock tonight, we go behind enemy lines, Landry Locker. Uh, Co-host of In the Loop Sports Radio 610, our sister station in Houston. He's going to be joining us to get us ready for Rangers-Astros for the American League Championship Series and give us his perspective on how uh, Houston Astros fans are feeling. And, of course, we'll let him know what we think is going to happen in the American League Championship Series. And then at 920, I'm really looking forward to this, uh, our own Carter Freeman is going to be joining us in studio as well. Big weekend in college football. Highlighted by Washington, Oregon, number seven versus number eight in the college football rankings, That's and there's
3: there's not a single person at the station who enjoys college football more The Carter Freeman. And I say that knowing that I I love college football myself, but yeah. no no no, it's 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 different. Like Bobby it's,
0: Bell, he loves Texas specifically. He loves college football, but Carter is Bobby
3: got too many jobs to love college football.
0: What, well, hmm, you would think um, <laughs> he, he he makes he stops down to make sure he watches college football. Uh, but star-studded affair tonight here. On the get right again with you until 11 o'clock, in which will be an incredible weekend in sports, which kicks off our conversations tonight. Truckred.com text line 877 81 3 live on Twitch at twitch.tv Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube. What is your excitement level Woo! for the American League Championship Series? The Texas Rangers back in the ALCS for the first time since 2011, the Astros in the American League Championship Series for the seventh consecutive season as they try to get back to the World Series once again. What is your excitement level, though, for a Rangers team, Reds that has started this postseason hot as hell, 5-0 and so far in the postseason? Out of 10? Mm-hmm. 12 like off the charts, like, really, off the charts. really and
3: truly, and I mean that sincerely. I'm not just saying that to pander to our great listeners on the home of the Cowboys mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the Rangers. Right. I don't know why I said the Cowboys first, mm-hmm. but
0: they don't hear about them right now. Yeah, no, nobody no, really, nobody <laughs> wants to hear about that. That's not even a joke.
3: The way that this Rangers team plays, it's not just that they are winning because winning is fun in and of, in and of itself. The way that they are playing is a fun brand of baseball, mm-hmm. right? That's that's a thing that I appreciate in general. That's usually the standpoint that I'm coming to for playoff baseball anyways. Is I'm just here largely disinvested and just trying to see fun baseball, high stakes baseball. So now you're giving me high stakes baseball with local stakes and also fun baseball. Sign me up every single day and twice on this Sunday, right? Like I'm, I'm just so excited to see this team put the ball in play. I'm so excited to see this team get after some really good pitching. I'm so excited to see really good re- pitching return for the Rangers. When you talk about the ways that we know Jordan Montgomery is going to deliver, we know that big game Nate is going to deliver. Nathan, Nate, the Nathan great. Evaldi, That's right? right. And then bringing back. The likes of uh, Max Scherzer wee- to the mound wee- and the ways that he's talking already. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to see that, right? Especially because, like, there there are some question marks that I want to see answered. So, like, there's intrigue in addition to it. It's not just that I know how this is going to play out. There's some intrigue, right? How How is Max Scherzer going to look as he's coming back? Because Max Scherzer, talking about it earlier, he said that he's good to go. And I give me a second as I pull this up because I don't want to misquote the man um, I believe that he said that he feels like normal.
0: If he says he feels like normal and he's good to go, that means.
3: Right. He said, I quote, I press all the buttons I can. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. I know I've got to bring my A game against uh Houston. They have a great lineup. It's going to be fun to compete against them. I feel normal. That's all I could say. All I can do is describe what I feel like. And if I have an issue, I have to let them know but my arm feels fresher.
0: Okay. Buddy,
3: he's talking about feeling normal as Max Scherzer and then talking about bringing his A-game?
0: We've seen his A-game before. And it's dominant. Sign me up. I'm so intrigued by this matchup because there's obviously the rivalry that's developed over the last several years with the Astros, of course, coming to the American League, having dominated the American League Uh, for the last several years. I like what you're doing with the Sanderson Park right now. I'm not going to lie to you. I like what you're doing there. Um, But at the same time, look, man, if you're the Texas Rangers, you are playing with house money right now. You came into this postseason. You were able to sweep Tampa on the road. You take the first two in Baltimore, then throttle them in game three to advance to the American League Championship Series. And my favorite part of this series, and you started to allude to it, the pitching matchups that you're going to get in this series. We know officially now it is going to be Jordan Montgomery versus Justin Verlander in game one. You know what the Astros bring with not only Chris or excuse me, Justin Verlander, Fromber Valdez, Christian Javier, who mm-hmm. we know is a complete menace when he gets to playoff situations. Yeah. But you get to counter that now with Jordan Montgomery who's been your best pitcher so far in the postseason. And really over the last two months for this team, obviously Nathan Evaldi, his dominant seven innings that he had against Baltimore to propel you to the ALCS. And now it appears once we get the official American League Championship Series rosters, that Max Surs is going to be a part of this rotation as well for games one, two, and three. Imagine Max Surs are pitching at Globe Life Field in game three of this series and what that crowd is going to be like backing him in that game. And then the lineups for both of these teams. Yeah. How great the Rangers lineup has been. Basically number one in every single offensive category that you can think of. And, of course, the experience of the Jose Altuve's of the world, the Alex Bregman's of the world, the Jordan Alvarez's of the world, whom in a lot of ways reminds me of David Ortiz and how clutch he is in the postseason. You remember you how clutch David Ortiz was with the Boston Red Sox. That's the kind of feeling I get with Jordan Alvarez. Stars galore when it comes to the series. That is what I cannot wait to see. It's just all of these collection of stars get after it for hopefully a classic seven-game series between these two teams.
3: Yeah, so one of the things that I was talking about when it comes to intrigue, for me personally, and this is where I'm going to be a little bit of a negative, Nancy, I think y'all understand how I am. Y'all get my get down. Um, the the Rangers bullpen. We understood that it was going, it was a problem mm-hmm. at times. Um, thus far, it has been the fourth-best bullpen by ERA through the postseason, a 2-1-6 ERA. That's not bad. Right, not bad at all. They've been able to limit exposure because you've had great quality starts from your starting pitching. Mm -hmm. And then you've had, you know, the likes of Jose LeClerc, who's been fantastic. And you haven't had to go too deep into all these different um, pitchers that are um, in your bullpen. That happens in a three-game series, a five-game series. Now you're stretching this out to a seven-game series, or a best-of-seven series is a better way of saying this. And I think you're going to have a little bit harder time limiting their exposure so what happens if you have more exposure? I'm not saying that it will because, again, Jordan Montgomery, we know he can give you a quality start. Mm-hmm. Nathan Avaldi, right? I'm I'm list- listing out the principal players again, right? Nathan Avaldi, Max Scherzer, those are guys that you, you know and kind of anticipate giving you quality starts. Although Max Scherzer, right, That's that's an interesting one because he is coming back off of an injury. He hasn't had these long extended pitching. Now he's had simulated game that mm-hmm. he went through, uh, which he talked about. He said uh, it was weird because I don't often pitch hungover, which is obviously in reference to the <laughs> celebration that they had. That's right. Um, but is he going to be able to give you all the you know a full five six inning, maybe even seven inning start? And then if not. Who then are you asked for out of the bullpen? Now I think what's nice about it is the likes of Heaney and Dunning, who had had to maybe pay- piggyback before. Especially if John Gray could come back, maybe you look at them as long relievers and eating innings as opposed to being you know tandem starters, and then that can help you further you know give give some solid um, performances out of the pen. But if you start getting to a place where now you're having to go deeper into the pen and some in, into this more. You're adding more pressure on some of these guys that we know in certain situations mm-hmm. have been a little, have wavered a little bit. So I'm very intrigued by that aspect of this game. That's one of the question marks that adds intrigue to the series for me, specifically from the Rangers perspective.
0: The X factor for me in this series has been something that we've seen play out so far through the first five games of these playoffs for the Rangers. And that's that the young guys I'm talking about, Josh Young and Evan Carter has stepped you up. There. I see what I did there. Mm-hmm. Um, and can they continue to perform under the kind of pressure that they seem to not have allowed to bother them through the first five games of this postseason? Because you, we, we think we know what we're going to get. We know what we're going to get from guys like Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, and others when it comes to these kinds of situations. Can Josh Young and Evan Carter continue what has been stellar postseason plays, specifically Evan Carter, and the way that he has come on so far in this postseason, taking the MLB, and AL playoffs by storm. If those two individuals can continue to contribute to this lineup and maybe with Nathaniel Lowe maybe starting to pick things up after he hit the home run yeah. in game three, yep. that weight lifted off of his shoulders. Like where are the holes in this lineup? That's that's the point here. Yeah, Like Valdez, Verlander, Javier, Jose Urquidy, they're going to be dealing with a lineup that's extremely potent with the Texas Rangers, but can these young guys continue What has been spectacular play so far? I think they can because they haven't given me any evidence so far to the contrary when it comes to Josh Young and really Evan Carter as well. Yeah,
3: nothing seemed too big for them Mm -hmm. thus far, and of course the stage gets just only a little bit bigger. But thus far, there's been no like cracks within um, that facade there. Um, As we are asking the question right here on 105 through the Fan, what's your excitement level for the ALCS? Between your Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros that starts on Sunday. We'll take it to the truckwreck.com text line. And mm-hmm. if you want to get involved, 877-881-1053. We go to the 214. And why did I start here? Um, the person says they're as hard as a diamond in an ice storm, boys.
0: <laughs> I like that. I like that. Not gonna I'm lie to guessing
3: you. that that means they're excited.
0: Uh, <laughs> I like this from the 940. This kind of just gives you the idea of how excited they are. From the 9 1st time in a long time I won't be watching football on a Sunday afternoon. Woo! If the Rangers got you turning off the NFL, then they are doing something real special to have you watching postseason baseball rather than watching NFL football. Does it help or
3: hurt that the Cowboys aren't playing on Sunday?
0: It probably does help. Does. <laughs> Thank you, Aisha. from the <laughs> <laughs> I would say it definitely helps for sure. But, again, this team deserves the spotlight that they're going to be getting on Sunday night when they take on the Houston Astros. And we've talked about some of the, you know, the mushy stuff, you know, as the week has gone on. But again, it's hard to not think of those things when you think about a Jared Sandler and Eric Nadel, a Matt Hicks and all Rangers fans and people who cover and watch this team, what the last six years have been to now get to this moment. And for Chris Young and particularly Bruce Bochy, I wish I was a fly on the wall when Chris Young sat in that living room with Bruce Bochy and laid out the vision of what he thought this team could be and believing that he was the manager that could get them there. And now to see both of them in this moment with a chance to take out what has been, controversy or not, the best team in the American League for the better part of the last seven, eight years and be the ones to possibly take them out in route to getting back to the World Series for the first time in over a decade.
3: Yeah, man. And it's funny. You mentioned how Houston has kind of been the, the, the class of the league in a way. They're, they've, they're a weird team this year. They've been bad, downright bad. At, at home. home, yeah. And in reading a lot of kind of analysis about this series, a lot of folks that are staking their claim picking the Astros, and let me speak to The Athletic who has, you know, they did their staff vote. And apparently their staff picked the Rangers 61% of the time to win this series, if that gives you any indication of how the the media at large is viewing this. Um, A lot of the people that have picked the Astros are basically just going with, they've been here a ton. The
0: experience they, factor. They
3: seem to have the experience. And then we get to these kind of nebulous clutch and it's, you know, just kind of uh, they have championship DNA type stuff. Yeah, and which is true. It is true. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know how to quantify that, right? Obviously – you know, those types of things are hard to kind of get to the base of, but you kind of counter that with the likes of having Bruce Bochy and seeing, seeing how it's been a very, very, very long time since a team that he has been at the helm of has lost a playoff series, mm-hmm. right? Um, Do you have any concern about their lineup? Because this might be the best lineup that you're seeing thus far in the postseason and giving your, giving your pitchers a uh, a challenge.
0: Well, look, man, it, it starts off at the very top of the lineup with Jose Altuve. No matter how much you like or dislike the diminutive second baseman, he is a menace at the plate and has been one of the best hitters in baseball for the past decade at this point. And the guy for me in the lineup is Jordan Alvarez. I compared him to David Ortiz a little bit earlier. He has such a clutch factor with him, and he is a dangerous hitter from the left side and can give any pitching staff problems and of course, you have the usual suspects with you know Alex Bregman and others, but those two guys for me, the table setter with Jose Altuve at the top and Jordan Alvarez in the middle of that lineup, who is as dangerous as any hitter in baseball that you've got to obviously account for in this lineup around these guys.
3: Man, I'm so excited from the two and four. Corey and Boach have skins on the wall. That's true. Corey, Corey Seager, Seager. Um, has been very big in these circumstances. World
0: Series MVP
3: for sure. So I look, man. I I have. And I've, we we've you know waxed poetic for fifteen minutes here I am so very excited for this game in the series picking? in the series mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick the Rangers yeah I just I love the way that they're playing I think also there's something to be said for the way that bochi has I don't want to call it old school because that feels unfair and it, it kind of under you know undersells the ways that he's you know Implemented, you know, kind of the more analytics or advanced or modern styles of baseball. But it's a team that, instead of having uppercut swings every time at the at the plate, mm-hmm. they're putting the ball in play and putting pressure on teams. Yeah, right. This is a team that's running on the bases, and so I'm very, I'm, I've been very excited at the style of play, and it seems sustainable in applying pressure to other teams that are, you know, ostensibly very good, um, but just using the benefits of this team and their bats and their discipline to their advantage. I trust Bruce Bochy. I trust the lineup that they've built together, and I trust their ability to blow open a game early to hopefully give them uh, enough of a, enough of an advantage to get over this, this seeming, seemingly perpetual championship-caliber Astros and maybe even close the door on this run of success that they've had.
0: It had to be this way. It had to be these two teams in this series to get to the World Series, and it just reminds me Remember the historic beatdown that the Rangers suffered at the hands of the Astros, where they allowed 50 hits, 16 home runs in a, in a three game series back in early September. I'm taking the Rangers in seven.
3: Oh, we're going all the way to seven. Forgot to turn my mic on.
0: Uh-huh. Going all the way to seven. Rangers in seven. Okay. It had to be this way. It has to be this way.
3: That's going to be a nerve wracking seventh game if it didn't And it go should be. Way.
0: These two teams have given us a lot to watch for all season long, and it wouldn't be a Rangers series without, you know, heartache, trepidation, excitement. That's what they've given us all season. I'm going to take the Rangers in seven to advance to the World Series for the first time since 2011. Game one on Sunday night, 7.15 on Fox, and, of course, on the Louisiana Hot Sauce Rangers Radio Network. Come hang out with us beginning at 3.15. Uh, yours truly and Jared Sanders live from Houston. Gonna have a super Rangers pregame show uh on Sunday afternoon.
3: Wait, say that one more time.
0: What? You going to Houston? No, I'm not going to Houston. Nah. I'll be right here. Jerry's gonna be live in Houston. Okay,
3: I was just like, hold on, what me. happened? Yeah, okay, got gotcha, you. Exactly. Gotcha, gotcha, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
0: That begins at around 3:15 ish after some NFL action here on 105 through the fans to get right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, live in the DFW Security studios, Aisha Morrison. DallasCowboys.com to give us her perspective on Cowboys Chargers and more. Get your barnacles ready. Next on the Get Right. It's the Get Right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Anatula. What up, though? Chris and Ross holding it down for you here. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app on this football Friday. The truckred.com text line 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation joining us live in studio the dfwsecurity.com studios of dallascowboys.com girls talk boys talk which you can hear monday through thursday uh every time that the ladies take the microphone aisha morrison joining us here on the get right aisha what's going on
1: hi hi everyone should i be able to hear y'all
3: yeah, yeah. Uh, you me. might need to take that little that little knob beneath the uh, table mm-hmm. and go ahead and turn that clockwise.
1: Oh, okay, I'm learning.
3: And is that is that helping is that out the now? situation?
1: I got it. There got it yeah. is. Hey. 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 I got it. That was bothering me. That was
3: live me. coverage <laughs> of us getting things right. Uh-huh. You feel me?
1: Uh-huh. But hi, guys. How are we doing? I'm 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 here. I'm I'm good. I was listening to you guys before talk about baseball. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was just saying that, you know, it's not many times that I can't input on a sports conversation. However, I didn't know what the heck y'all was talking about. I was just kind of. I was thinking I could jump in, you know, kind of like,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> false. I, I saw couldn't. your tweet the other day, like, look, I want to participate in this whole baseball conversation so much, but go Rangers.
1: Yes, because I, just, I it just, it's just, it was interesting to listen to y'all talk about a sport that I know nothing about. Look, it's go, actually a little shameful. I need to do better on
0: huh? Go Rangers is
3: plenty. Yeah. Exactly. Just, stick with Go Rangers for this time, period, and you'll you'll be great. Yeah, Fantastic. I'm trying my best. Uh there. But this is the thing Yeah, you, you use your bandwidth for other things like mm-hmm. getting very, very deep into Cowboys football and football in general. And so that is one of the reasons why we love having you on is to kind of use some of your um, your intellect when it comes to football to get a better perspective on what's happening with the Cowboys in partic- particular. And we, we chose our times very, uh, very intentionally because, uh, <laughs> oh, boy, uh, first of all, just like generally. What were your impressions of that Niners game? I know there's a lot of people that are trying to turn the page. You've got the Chargers, but I feel like this is important to move into the Chargers because you have a very particular matchup coming up after this one.
0: That's the, let, her, let her breathe first because the way that she's been feeling about this whole 49ers, are you good? You, oh, you, yeah. You I've, go? I've turned <laughs> the page. Okay. So sh- should, I, should I not ask you that question? Do you <laughs> no, want to know? No, move okay. that no, one.
1: no, no. We can address it. She I knows mean, she know what
0: I'm talking about. Oh, absolutely. I was, I was
1: semi critical this week uh, just because I. I think the guys are, are better than what they put on display um, on Sunday. And for me, coming out of that game is everyone needs to kind of look themselves in the mirror and ask themselves, like, what what am I bringing to this team? What's our accountability? You know, the, the coaches talked about it. And um, it's just – I can't explain it. Um, the whole week I'm I'm kind of touching base with some of the guys, and it just felt like they were very confident in their game plan. And so, you know, coming out I expected – for them to be a lot more aggressive and things like that. But when your offenses can't, you know, get past the sticks, if they can't, if they can't get third down conversions, then yeah, I mean that that turns into a recipe for disaster. The defense, I thought played strong to start that first quarter. they They kept you in it really as long as they could. But time of possession was just crazy. So for me, moving forward is i I think even in what we do, sometimes it's okay to take a step back and say, and what i is what i'm doing working number 1 number 2 how can i you know improve it can be a collective conversation but for me i'm looking at both of, both sides of the ball like hey let's let's re let's refocus ourselves and then also 2 let's look at some of the things we do well and try to implement it, 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 it there there's conversations that need to be had moving forward because it's just i don't know man offensively there has to be something has to break um, for them to continue to, to be successful because right now defenses are playing you tight. And, um, yeah, what's going on? You need me? No, you're good. Keep talking. Oh, to you got <laughs> Listen, listen, listen to that. The way my ADHD works, I, if I hear different sounds, I'm going to fire off. But, sorry. Um, but, yeah, to me, I think collectively this week sounds like they are kind of, I don't know, taking some time to sit down and, and rethink some things, and we'll see how they apply it um, on Sunday or Monday, rather.
0: So for you, when you look at this matchup with the Cowboys and the Chargers and based off what you study from, you know, All-22 film, from what happened on Sunday night, Mm -hmm. what's the one area offensively that they have got to find a way to start getting clicking on offense based on what the Chargers present as one of the more porous pass defenses in all the National Football League?
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that you saw in the San Fran game is that they somewhat became one-dimensional because – yeah, I can't say that they went away from the run game. I'm sure it's because they were kind of down. But there were opportunities to, to run the ball in that game. And I just couldn't, to me, once you make yourself left-handed, that plays into the San Fran's um, strength. So, for me, I'm really looking at moving forward. How do they attack the middle of the field
2: mm. and
1: also to the deep third of the field? And <laughs> I say this because you can tell by how defenses are playing them that they don't. Believe that you're going to throw the ball over the top. They're daring you to throw the ball over the top. And so, and I, so I understand with the West Coast system, I've even asked Mike McCarthy, you know, I understand that it's very methodical and how you move down the field, time of possession. You're really just trying to, you know, um, work the hashes. But at the same time, you got to, you have to implement the speed of this offense. Otherwise, people are going to keep playing you tight. They're going to keep, they're going to keep stacking the line of scrimmage and they're going to press. And so for me, it's like, how do we figure out how to consistently, not once a game, not twice a game, um, attack the middle of the field and also get something going down the field just because defenses are playing you up in your face because they they just see after five weeks you're not really doing that right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I, there are multiple times in actually watching the All-22 this week where I looked up and I was like, is that an eight-man, nine-man box? Yeah. And Yeah no respect none whatsoever um as we kind of move along um and beginning to turn to the Chargers game obviously you took a lot of damage on your defense mm-hmm. um, particularly in that linebacker spot what from Aisha Morrison's standpoint if you have the decision um on what to do how do you address the loss that you have with Leighton Van Esch? How, how does this defense kind of get itself back to you know Prior glory.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we heard um, DQ mention that Micah probably is going to be taking some snaps at linebacker. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. I I actually like that. Um, Also, too, because it just it brings back the element of surprise with where he's rushing from. But I also do think that he plays the run pretty well at at the linebacker position because he's even if Micah and he did this a lot in his rookie year. Even if he wasn't always right, he had the recovery speed to make the play. And right now, I'm just looking for my linebackers in general to come more downhill and to feel with aggressiveness and to not be hesitant in any way to go ahead and make the play. I think, you know, they brought in Rashawn Evans. I think you get some of that with him. Not sure if he's going to go this week. We'll see what happens. Maybe they just kind of want to get him settled in um, after the bye. But he flows to the ball well. He sheds blocks well as well. He's effective, too, as a pass rusher when they do use him because he has a very – he has a suddenness to him. He has a very quick – First step, but he has an aggressiveness that I think that you have been somewhat lacking from that set, from that uh, mm. second part of this defense. and um really looking for him to to come in and make a difference. I, I liked some of the things that I saw from him. and he sounds like he's really ready to work. He understands what his job is. And so um him being paired with Damone Clark, I think is going to be not only healthy for Damone Clark's development um because they play the same position. No, again, no slight to Leighton Van Der Esch, but mm-hmm. they play two do- different positions. So him being in an his ear and teaching him is beneficial, you know, but at the same time, the diagnosis is different from different positions. Yeah. So, um, I'm really looking to see how that how that works out. But as far as handling it right now, you put a band-aid on it, you let you let Micah play linebacker, uh spot is in spot duty when you need him to. Um, and then we figure out who's gonna be that edge uh opposite of tank, because I do think that's important. I do think Whoever is going to play that edge on the opposite side has to show the ability to contain. Because we saw last year multiple times that teams were like, hey, man, I'm not messing with that number 90 over there because for what? He's one of the best in the league. He's one of the best in the league. So um, as far as uh, run defending as an edge, so to me, you need to put someone over there that's strong, like maybe a Chauncey. Even so, to be able to contain that Interesting. run, yeah, yeah, to be able to contain that run, and then but the are, other guys then are you accurate.
3: sacrificing the possibility of pass rush because that's the superpower of this defense? Well, is that's it not? the
1: beauty of it is that you have downs. Okay. So I mean, maybe first and second down, you you let Micah play some linebacker, but then mm-hmm. you bring him up. You bring him up when he when you need to rush the passer, or you have another guy there, or you just let him rush the interior, which would be a good idea against this offensive line that will allow blitzing through the a gap. When you talk about
0: the (laughs) charge, Mike is terrific going through the a gap. Absolutely, there's
1: some space there. They have a a new center, uh, Will Clapp, if I'm not mistaken. He's held his own. He's held his own in fairness, Um, but there is some communication stuff that you can get them caught slacking in, and also too, they're just that's probably the only part of their offensive line. Their offensive line is. It's decent. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, my God, they're just so amazing. But they do just enough on both uh, on both sides, running and passing, to be considered one of the middle-of-the-pack offensive lines.
3: If you were listening closely, you could hear a little bit of paper ruffling. That's what, uh, as our friend Patrick Walker would say, that she's she's getting ready to give you that science. That's what she was <laughs> she was looking for in there. Uh, one more thing before we take a break and come back and talk more um, football mm-hmm. with you, Aisha Morrison of DallasCowboys.com. Um, you talked about deep shots as it related to the Cowboys offense. Kellen Moore is somebody who is comfortable taking deep shots and particularly being paired with Justin Herbert and that cannon that he has on his arm. Mm-hmm. He's he's unleashed deep, deep shots with this uh, Chargers offense. How do the Cowboys combat that and are they capable
1: of doing so? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be important because if you look at the Cowboys defense, that's what's hurt them a lot this past year is the chunk plays, the big plays in the air. And um, to your point, I mean, the Chargers offense is seventh in scoring, they're eighth in yards per play, they're fifth in red zone TD percentage. Part of that too is the fact that you have a you have a quarterback that has the ability to extend plays. Mm-hmm. He improvises really well with his size, but he also can make almost every throw on the field because his arm is just so insane. With that though comes some opportunities to take the ball away. Okay. Um even though they do, you know, they they it's the numbers show that they are attacking, they're attacking the field. I would say that a lot of their receivers are bigger in size, um, so when you look at a Keenan Allen, they're moving him around a lot, using him in slot, mm-hmm. doing things like that. Very similar looks as CD got last year with yeah. the Kellen offense. Um, but then also too, uh, what is the gentleman's name? Um, I know Mike Williams is gone, so yeah, they've torn had ACL, yeah. yes, he's is gone. Is it Palmer? Um, yes, Palmer is getting some play, and then you also have a Quentin Johnson, Quentin Johnson okay, from TCU. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So when you start kind of looking at the they, I don't know. I would say like they have a type in a way, kind of how the they Cowboys like did. They like receivers. big body wide receivers. They like big body wide receivers, and what that what what happens with that is, is though, when you have these big guys, most of them aren't burners. Most of them aren't guys that's just gonna route you up and run past you. So you get a lot of contested passes. Cowboys tip drills. Hey. This, this might be a game for interceptions if they have the opportunity to play these guys close because it really is a lot of 50-50 man balls being thrown out. And then also, too, the quarterback is is scrambling, trying to make a play. Let's see if things come from that.
0: It's to get right with Reggie KG right here on 105. Through the fan, Aisha Morrison of DallasCowboys.com and co-host of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, joining us here live in studio. Coming up next, I have a question for the two of you. Both of us? Yes. Mike McCarthy earlier this week talked about playing to the strength of this defense the question is what if we find out this season as it goes on that the strength of this defense isn't actually that
2: Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: What if we find out as the season goes on that the Cowboys defense isn't actually the strength of this team? It's the get right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. That's right. Ross and Chris holding it down for you here. Aisha Morrison of DallasCowboys.com, co-host of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, joining us live in the DFWsecurity.com studios, the truckwreck.com text line, 877 811 1053 877-881-1053. I would like to
3: reiterate again that Aisha is our guest, taking time away from her busy schedule to mm-hmm. give us knowledge that she absolutely and truly does have. If you if you don't if you don't think that she has something to offer, let me tell you. She's got plenty to plenty. offer. Um and y'all not even getting all of it. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. We, we, we get secrets in the in the breaks that y'all don't get. So That's deal right. with it. That's right. But we'll get we're giving you as much as we possibly can. Like already got a, some really interesting perspectives on this team, and mm-hmm. I think we're gonna get a little deeper because you asked a you asked a a a, a whopper of a question going to break
0: messy. yeah messy it, I mean well it's based it off really of was messy you see him right <laughs> well look it's based off of what Mike McCarthy said earlier this week and I'll read part of the quote Clarence Hill wrote a book uh based off the answer that he wrote uh on the particular tweet that he had but part of it the answer was in talking about the lack of the identity and rhythm on offense uh and his answer you know went a little something like this I think clearly I think clearly and we knew this coming out of camp is where you are and when you do make changes we knew there were going to be some things in protection that we needed more work on because it's different. He goes on to talk about, you know, continuity, consistency is something that they focus on. But more importantly, as you get toward the end of the answer, he's talking about playing to the strengths of this defense. Basically saying, quote, we're clearly in tune with that, but one of the things we all we want to also focus on because of the strength of our defense is taking care of the ball, number one, which we did not do in our last contest. And number two Is having the discipline and patience if we have to go to the long route. It benefits time of possession and keeps the defense fresh and playing to its strengths, in part. And the thought that came to my mind, you know, based on what we've seen two out of the last three weeks, what if we find out as this season goes on that the Cowboys defense isn't actually the strength of this football team offensively? What do you do then at that point?
1: Gone,
3: Reggie. Um, strong muscles can get fatigued just like any other ones mm-hmm. when you overwork them. That's deep, right? Like I think that's I think that's the thing that Mike McCarthy's neglecting in all of this. And I've said it before, and, I, and now I'm gonna say it louder with my chest. Um, Mike McCarthy is actively cutting off his nose despite his face with the way that this offense is being gone, gone about. Right. And obviously I don't want to entirely denigrate the West Coast offense because there have been very, very good West Coast offenses run in this NFL. In fact, we're seeing we see offenses that run West Coast principles, but in the way that he's doing it, the West Coast in theory is to spread the spread the, you know, the the field out horizontally. You still also have to spread vertically. Like there still has to be that element. When you spread horizontally, you also, you know, part of that horizontal is the middle of the field where they have neglected. You are making yourself predictable, which is something that he, you know, he said that he didn't think his offense was, but mm-hmm. we have anecdotal evidence when Fred Warner's talking about he knows exactly what's coming. I'm so
1: tired of hearing players say that. It's so frustrating.
3: Right? Like you have anecdotal evidence of that. And you can see like statistically when it comes to, you know, your efficiency, it is not there. And so when you talk about playing to your team's defense or to your team's strength, all you're doing is saying, hey, defense carry more of the load by saying that we are going to try and limit you know, we're going to let off the gas offensively just to make sure that we don't turn the ball over. Well, in this instance, you're not getting the benefit that you want. So I don't think that this is an effective way of going about it. And so, you know, I think this is a miscalculation by the head coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't... So with this statement, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to... I mean, having a system that, again, moves down the field in a smart way and, and is taking time off the play clock and all that stuff. However... When you have to travel long fields, people are guaranteeing that you're—they're they're guaranteeing that you're going to make a mistake. You're going to mm-hmm. have a hold. You're going to have a tip pass. You're gonna, somebody's going to make a mistake. So there are going to be times that you need to quick hit. You need to just hit somebody in the mouth and, mm-hmm. and get out there and get going. But as far as the defense being the strength of the team, I think that they can't be the strength of the team if you're not scoring. Yeah. Like it's—it's it's, when you talk about complimentary football, which is what they want to play. Complementary football is also putting up points so your defense is being able to rush the passer and guys and guys teams are playing from ahead and yeah. I think that's kind of what was expected in a way last week when with them uh, deferring was like oh we're gonna let our defense get out there set the tone and then it it backpedaled so again to you know Mike McCarthy's comment what happens if your defense slips up a couple plays what happens if they slip up a couple drives what happens if the offense isn't going it can't be that way they both need to be steady ships in a way that if one of them ain't got it the other one can pick up the slack and vice versa and because that's just how football is so for me I'm like both both sides of the ball just need to come in like we need to do our job at the best of our ability no matter what. It doesn't matter. It's kind of crazy yeah. that
3: you have to say that.
1: I mean, and, not, and, it's, and again. It's, it's
0: cliche, but it's true. It's
1: true. Like, I, I know that every team has a strength and things that they do well or whatever. But at this current juncture, you're trying to, it feels like you're trying to figure out things on both sides. So every game from now on out until that identifies itself needs to be, we're going hard every single drive, every single game to me.
0: Mike McCarthy with Sean and RJ earlier this morning Mike is this offense well, I think you know
1: I think <laughs> everything's in um you know we we've we got our our you know our families in as far as the past game and you no know, different in the run game so you know in but it's just you, you know you don't run everything in 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 every game so um but yes I, I think clearly with the you know with the you know, interchanging parts we've had up front. Um, you know, we haven't thrown much, you know, 7 step drop, you know, so and that's clearly even in and I am not naive to fact we haven't hit our stride on offense and but uh, you know, I like the way our guys are working and you know, it's just uh it's just a matter of time and I feel strongly that it, you know, we're gonna have a really good opportunity this week. This is uh this is a talented defense. So, you know, we'll have our, our you know, our line intact here for this second week and you know Looking forward to taking a, taking a step this week.
0: And McCarthy talking about the idea that the offense needing time to develop or is everything not in the playbook as of yet and detailing some of those things and some of those growing pains that he's referring to there.
1: And that's fair. To me, that's fair. I'm, and that's why I'm trying to I'm trying to stay level-headed about sure. it. Sure. Because, yeah. you know, this is a new offense for these guys. This is a different feel.
3: And it's still early in the season. It's, fair it's enough. very mm-hmm. early
1: in the season. But my thing is, again, is – I don't know how much evidence you need to see from a coaching standpoint that you need, that teams are taking advantage of certain things. So for me, I'm like, self-reflect. It's okay. Like, can you self-reflect? If you continue to do the things that you're doing right now, and maybe they don't work, they continue to not work, whatever the case may be, I really am hoping that this staff and these gentlemen can look themselves in the mirror and say, okay, we got to adjust here. We yeah. got to pivot here, which is okay. It's nothing wrong with that. But there's a lot of pride in this game. Yeah. It's a lot of pride in this game. It's a lot of that that goes on. So for me, I'm like, let's see what comes after they got hit in the mouth. This this defense you went against the one of the best defenses in the league. Clearly, I call it a force change. Sometimes we don't have hmm. a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have a choice. You have to you have to look at other avenues and stuff like that. And, and to the to the you know the deep ball thing and the the lack of seven stop drops like i feel that i get it um but it's just it's just one of those things that i I mean i just think they got to figure out how to implement it it's just it's non-existent and you have one of the best deep ball throwers in the nfl over the last four years on your squad so let's let's figure out how to do it man
0: and part of the reason why i bring this question up for the both of you is because i'm looking at the schedule you still got the eagles twice yep you've got buffalo you've got miami you've got teams that are going to be are they good? I mean, they're pretty good. Oh, okay. Um, Buffalo, Miami, Philadelphia. like You've got the Aye. Los Angeles Rams. Like You've got offenses that you're going to be facing here that could put up points in bunches. If this defense continues to struggle, does Mike McCarthy and his offensive staff have the wherewithal to maybe look at some things and change? Because you may have to keep up with some of these offenses that maybe lighten your ass up on defense because of how good, we talked about Miami specifically with all the speed that they have, does this office have enough evolution within itself to go and be able to be the kind of team that maybe has to outscore a team or two down the stretch, given some of the opponents that you're going to be facing. Because regardless of how good this defense is, Miami, Buffalo, Philadelphia, these teams are going to put up points on teams across the league. Can this offense keep up and be the kind of offense that can maybe win a game or two even with the teams that are going to be playing against. Especially
3: because it feels like ideologically the limit is is there is with the ideology as opposed to the talent. It feels like in the NFL most of the time it's like, oh, man, we don't have these things to be able to execute the things that we would like to do, right, mm-hmm. and fitting your scheme to your players. It feels almost backwards where it's like we have talent and they have done so much effort to get talent in that is capable of doing things, and they're like, well, we don't we don't want to do too much with it, and that feels backwards.
1: Yeah, I mean – I think a, a big start to that, maybe moving in the right direction is this, this is the second week. Is this wood? What is this? What is this? I don't this, know. Is, this is kind of fancy looking. Um, <laughs> uh,
3: it's not actually marble this, though. Let's find out. What is this? This, this is the second Google. week
1: that you're gonna have your starting offensive line. Mm-hmm. And I I do believe that that plays a role in a lot more of a role in your play calls and what you feel like you're able to do and things. So. Maybe possibly as, you know, this protection gets better and these guys find some cohesion maybe coming out of the bye, um, you will start seeing some of those explosive plays and things take place. I mean, but when you look at the Chargers defense, um, they run a standard 3-4. They do a lot of too high safety type stuff in quarters. So the middle of the field's open.
0: Wide open. Wide
1: open. <laughs> I, I, I touched base with, uh, with uh, Ferg. Um, Ferguson, Jake Ferguson, and I mentioned to him, like, the middle mm-hmm. of the field's wide open. She just kinda, be talking
3: to him, like, she call him real
0: casually. Wow. Yeah, got I, the Yeah,
1: he's, he's, he's cool, but, uh, yeah, and, and I just, you know, the middle of the field's open, and that's another thing, too, that you're lacking, and I think that's another reason why your receivers are getting double, triple teamed, is because nobody, nobody gives a damn about your tight ends right
0: now. Oh, boy. And, and that's
1: a problem, because Jake, I mean, Jake, if you go back and look at the tape, he was, he did some things on the outside versus Fred Warner when he had favorable matchups mm-hmm. quarterback just didn't have enough time to see him in some, some instances, but Jake Ferguson is a guy that needs to be involved in this offense. And I'm really hoping this week that they take advantage of um, this secondary that plays soft coverage. A lot of the time they play off coverage, coverage a lot of the time they're not pressing a whole whole bunch Uh, maybe we'll see him make some plays in a passing game this week
3: maybe that will benefit the kind of slant heavy west coast uh texas coast offense that we've seen so maybe this week it'll all look all good and everything will be great again
0: i mean your receivers gotta win one-on-one matchups and that was something that reg and i was talking about was the idea that san francisco punked out your receivers and dared you to beat press man coverage and Gallup, Ceedee lamb even Brandon Cooks, they couldn't beat it. So I just wonder if that is something that is a formula for other teams to look at, even with how porous this past defense is for the charges that they may look to use against these receivers. I mean,
1: quite honestly, they couldn't beat it because – I'm sorry, you need some? I'm no, not but finish, to, finish I mean, up. Quite you got honestly, it. they couldn't beat it. Um, well, number one, some days your guys ain't going to have it. And that's I right. Like, you got to scheme up. You got to figure something out, number one. Number two – the run game was non-existent. Hell, yeah, I'm going to be able to yeah. double-team, drop mm-hmm. a million guys in coverage and do what I want to do because they don't trust that you can run the ball in their front four right now. So to me, it's it's also making sure that you're committing to running the ball because I thought they could have more in this past game, and that would have, in turn, opened up. They ain't even, I mean, any play-action thing you're doing against them, Dak Prescott pulled out, they like, <laughs> play-action? You're not even running the ball right now. <laughs> what are you talking about? So it's a mixture of, it's it's that you I would I would want them I do think the guys got to be tougher at the line of scrimmage like not gonna make an excuses for them but if they don't got it, OC got to dial it up man yeah OC got to dial it up and we've seen him do that we've seen him do it this year against the Jets specifically that we've seen them do that so I'm like adjust to the fact that people might be playing man against you a little bit more because you got man beaters where are the rubs. Where are they?
3: Well, one of, the, one of the rubs that they ran ended up being a sack because Fred Warner knew that that rub route was coming. He's, he's. And, of course, some of this is just that is an elite player, right? Some of this is that's an elite player. Mm-hmm. Ed Reed, like, in seeing, in, in seeing what's happening on the field before anybody else does. Mm-hmm. Some of that's that.
1: But, if you, but you, you know how you, you, you deal with, like, a Fred Warner guy like that? you Tyler Smith. Put a body on him a couple times in the run game. That's what you do. You gotta wear those type of guys that run sideline to sideline and play the game in that level that way, especially in the run game, because he's gonna kill you if he if he's not sweating, if he's chilling at the end of the game, baby, <laughs> <laughs> baby. Look, look. <laughs> and that's how he was. He was chilling. He had those things on him. How?
3: Yeah. From the two four, whoever she is, she's a genius. She nailed it on all, all fronts. And yes, it Cookin. starts with the run game. Who who is she? Her name is Aisha Morrison. It's me. She's on the Girls Talk, Boys Talk podcast on DallasCowboys.com. Make sure you check her out. Give her a follow on Twitter. That's I, at Aisha Morrison, underscore correct? Am I, did I just get that wrong? Uh,
1: look, As, I got to look myself. You know, I don't really. No, I'm,
3: sorry, at Aisha Morrison. Yeah. I-I-S-H-A.
1: Kept it simple.
3: M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N. Make sure you follow her. I didn't even get the chance to ask you about Dak, but I guess that was that would have been throwing like a, a bomb in your lap. So.
1: <laughs> oh, no, you was about to ask.
3: Well, we gotta go. We're, yeah, we're. Oh no, we get time. then. We get right, then. Another, oh, no,
1: another time.
3: Another, another we'll time. We'll definitely have you back, uh, because you know, when people talk about Dak, it gets the people going. It does. It, does. it do. Yeah.
1: It do be doing that.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging <laughs> out with us tonight. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, me and my handy dandy notebook.
0: <laughs> blues clues it's
1: been listen it's been through some things it's blues, the, the players clues. be laughing at me when i come in the locker room with it but it's my holy grail look at them, them, two, kids, them two kids
0: back there like what the hell is blues it's clues up y'all
1: look it's there. been through okay. some things
3: oh, well, we got children running this unbelievable <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you so much for joining <laughs> no, us. thank you guys we really appreciate it coming up next on the get right with reggie kg on 105 through the family go behind enemy lines to get you ready for the american league championship series landry locker of 610 sports radio in houston He'll be joining us next on 105.3 the Fan.